Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Twins and a Mic. This is season two, episode four. And yes, again, we've been guilty of kind of not doing podcasts quite consistently. I guess it's just, you know, that period, that time in the year, January, everyone's floating about, doing their thing, you know, trying to maximize on the uh, the break. Um, we, we did talk about doing a podcast, but again, it's, it's sometimes it's quite challenging coming up with topics. Um, we generally tend to go with the flow. Uh, so what I thought today we could do, um, and what I've been doing recently is I've I've been kind of keeping track of a lot of um, quotes and um, I guess meaningful messages and all that stuff that I come across online, be it through TikTok or Instagram or whatever it is. And I thought maybe we could, um, you know, discuss a few. So I'll, I'll, I'll basically, um, I mean, both Eli and I will kind of alternate between um, discussing some of these points and whether or not, you know, there is something that we can add on to it. So um, if I load up my Google Docs, one of them is, okay, the following. So I'll make sure Eli is listening. So true happiness is to enjoy the present without anxious dependence on the future. So that's something that I've been very much guilty of. And I guess the reason why I um, favorited or saved that particular quote um, is because, again, like, you know, you, you want to understand what happiness is all about. Um, and at one point, I guess, you know, because of TV and whatnot, you, you, you're meant to believe or you're led to believe that happiness is this constant state or it's a state that you can kind of achieve and maintain. But again, I don't think happiness is a state, more, more of an emotion. And looking at the quote as well, it's saying that true happiness is to enjoy the present without anxious dependence on the future. So I guess my problem is I tend to live in the future or in the past. Um, so I'm either worrying about things or events that haven't happened yet I'm thinking about where I should be in the future um, rather than just thinking about where I am right now and kind of enjoying where I, where I am right now and um, yeah I agree with the statement that true happiness is to enjoy the present you know you, you can't really be ha- happy if you're not really fully conscious of what you're doing um, y- you know imagine you're kind of detached from an activity or from an emotion um, that's taking place right now because you're thinking more into the future, which is such a shame because you kind of most of our fond memories or when we all sit down and we look back or, you know, you've got those nostalgic periods with your friends, you look back and you're like, you know, do you remember when this happened? That was so fun, um, blah, blah, blah. But at the time, maybe it wasn't so much, uh, it wasn't as exciting as, as, as you remember it. Um, but maybe because when you look back into the past, I mean, you're more conscious and you, you're kind of reflecting back on those events. Like there's just a high level of awareness. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm making sense. I, I, an example would be, so one of my friends is in Morocco right now and he's like, I'm really enjoying um, Morocco this time around. But I remember when we first went there, we were all a little bit like, you know, taken off guard by the intensity of um, Marrakesh. And the scene was very different, I think. And after we... Um, came back from that trip 
we, we, we looked very fondly, reflected back very fondly on, on, on Morocco. But at the time, there was a few incidences which caused us to kind of question our safety and our, and, um, our you know, security. But in hindsight, <coughs> it was a very positive experience. And had we kind of taken this fear out of our minds, <coughs> I, th I think we would have definitely been able to fully appreciate the, um, the enjoyment we were experiencing at the time. But we did manage to reflect back. Let me, I'll let Eli add on to it. I think I might be jumping around a bit, but I'm not too sure. Hey, hey everyone. Um, almost just dropped the mouse there. So I, I find Morocco quite interesting because, um, so when, when that was posted on the group chat, and that was yesterday, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what do you mean by um, you enjoyed it the second time round more than you did the first time round? Because my experience was different. Um, I remember really enjoying Morocco. I remember like just being really present. Um, I don't remember being scared at all. Even when we had that man who was a deranged, or at least he was pretending or whatever it is, he might have been a real like really deranged. But he was trying to throw a rock at us. I don't even remember being scared at that point. I'm just like, I don't, it's fine. Like we can we can handle ourselves. We're four guys. Um, so yeah, when when that comment was made on the group chat, I was just like, I thought it was interesting because I I had a completely different experience in Morocco. Like I I did have like one incident when we were on the train to was it Marrakesh? Was it Marrakesh? And I needed to really use the bathroom, and it's eleven hour train ride, and I didn't I didn't want to use the train the toilet on the train. So I held it in and then unfortunately somebody had committed suicide and then it was the train got like held back and it was late at night and um, yeah, it was just, but I don't remember ever feeling like not present. I, I just, I, I remember Morocco quite vividly, like a lot of aspects about it. Um, I would say, so you're saying the quote is, true happiness is to enjoy the present without anxious dependence on the future. Hmm. I I don't think I don't think I was always like my anxiety was future focused. I definitely think my anxiety was, on well, to a certain extent, it was. I think my anxiety generally when I used to sit around in settings, when I used to go out with my friends or anything like that, is my mind would always gravitate towards my family, and just making sure that they're okay, and especially towards my parents because I'm just like oh they're just gonna be bored and then they're bored you know they might argue with one another or whatever it is and i was just like oh like and then i always felt like this this weight on my shoulder which is just like whenever i was out with my friends uh or just in general like oh you know like what are they doing that is my parents and that would give me actually a sense of anxiety um not so much my dad my dad is pretty much like you can put him on a couch put the tv in front of him or we'll just work whatever and he just grinds like he that's his life he's, he's a very simple person in, in a sense whereas i think with with our mom she's just um she's a sagittarius so for those who know people who are sagittarians and fire signs they're just very restless people you can't like they need to constantly be doing something they um find any sense of stability almost boring which is stability in the sense of like just sitting down and watching a fire or perhaps like gardening or um, cooking or anything like that, which is really grounding, walking, 
for them, it almost gives them a sense of just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not achieving anything. This is boring. I need something with more chaos in it. You know, um, I need to like travel. I need to go and meet new people. I need to do this, this, this. Like, it's very hard to, to, if it depends on matter of perspective, if you're, if you're a grounded person, it's very hard to interact with a person who's got a lot of fire in them. Um, and because of that, you start to struggle, um, as, as for example, just saying as an earth sign or as a grounded person, like when you're out and you imagine you're raised by a person who, who is like that, right? So you, you, it, it breeds into your conditions, into the sense of you always have to be thinking about another person as opposed to yourself. So instead of going inner, you're going outer because um, as a child, you learn that's like when, when you weren't paying attention to this person, there was instability. So um, it forces you to shift your focus away from your internal self onto your external self from trying to manage your external environment and external people. And it actually really sucks because I didn't realize for a very long period of time that my nervous system was highly, uh, was high strung. Well, I'm not too sure how to, high strung means in a sense like, you know, when you tune an instrument like a guitar string so tight that, you know, a little touch on it, like, would just make it vibrate. So, like, I didn't realize, but, um, like, yeah, that was a very much, um, like, I w always had this sense of anxiety um, about it. And then when I now set clear boundaries and, like, I'm just, I've shifted now that focus from external to internal. And so it's a very important thing to do because um, that's where a lot of the anxiety is. And it's, it's you thinking about the other person and it comes back to how you raise as a child. If you grew up in chaos where you had a, a parent or parents who were very emotionally immature and all they really were cared about was just regulating their own emotions and not thinking about your child's emotions and how it's impacting on them, you, you grow up with a sense of um, overthinking into the future like what if scenarios and it doesn't have to be thinking about what if like about your parents it could be different aspects depending on what where your chaos or instability was resulting from like it could be relationships like platonic maybe even your friends you know maybe your friends were the type of people potentially who were unstable so like you know hot and cold like you really always had to think about them and do things for them um, and otherwise they would kick you out of the friend, friend group or ostracize you or give you the silence or whatever it is that forces you to always think about the other person you know I have to do this because what if my friends will no longer be friends with me or I have to you know do everything that they do because what if they leave me you know and so it, it can it can it can um, express itself and manifest itself in different ways but I generally think that while I did have the anxiety in terms of historically future thinking I also think I used to have a lot of um, anxiety stemming from reflecting on the past, which is like, I, I, it would really grind me. Um, I think when things just didn't work out, I think I'd reflect back on the past and think like, God, like if I only just did this, 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 this in different, I'd be in a different situation right now. Or I would think like I'd missed out on opportunities or I think about um, just, yeah, it, actually, I, I think the past, is, it's, it's a bit hard because it's just random moments where you just, you're trying to be present, you're sitting, and that's, I, I get the point of the quote, which is true happiness is when 
and I'm, I'm there now where it's like I literally you were setting up the podcast but I wasn't thinking about anything I was just right here it was just on my phone I just like yeah I'm content yesterday Australia or whatever you want to call it day Australia day invasion day um, it's all semantics to me to be honest like um, I understand the history of it I respect the history of like the indigenous culture um, but like the, the terminology for me is semantics and I'm just the way I think to, is very different. Like I, for me, this is just a meaningless conversation because actions matter more than this, like words and stuff. Um, so yeah, I was just sitting there, like, and for the first time, like, I never really. This was the first time in a very long time, or I'd compare myself to other occasions. So we're in a group setting. I wasn't thinking about what the other person was thinking. I didn't really care to try to like keep the conversation going. I was just like, I'm just there. I'm just going to enjoy the barbecue. I'm just going to enjoy time with my nieces. I'm just going to enjoy just the moment like I, I really like did not give a shit about anything other than how I felt in the moment you know what I mean if I wanted to do something then I was going to do it if I didn't want to do it I didn't do it if I wanted to speak about something I spoke about it. if I didn't I just stayed quiet like I, before I almost would feel like um, you couldn't really be present because you're again thinking about the other person and in a sense trying to control their reactions and their moods but I generally don't care like I'm happy to sit there quietly um, for like four hours, you know what I mean? And remove that burden on me because the honest truth is um, the, the reality is it's not, it's, not even supposed, it's not even a judgment or criticism, but I would say from an intuitive sense, most people, um, I don't want to be judgmental because I, I still enjoy my time, but it's just like I, I think most people tend to underestimate um, how overestimate sorry how interesting they are um and you know for like an intuitive a conversation about what's in front of you is a very is a very boring conversation so somebody just like i don't mind touching on the subjects but like you know talking about the weather or what food's in front of us or how it tastes or um uh, you know the, the color of the sky or you know what a person is doing like that is mildly stimulating and interesting to me you know what I mean like I I will I will enjoy the conversation for like maybe the first 10 minutes of it and then it'll be like but I need more I need more depth um I just I can't live my life at that surface level shallow conversation it's it's incredibly unsatisfying and does not fulfill or is not filling for my soul like I, I definitely need more and I think um yeah that's where my true contentment is like having and happiness being present in the moment but also having a very good genuine deep conversation not constantly like deep has to be like heavy but something stimulating you know what I mean and not all the time because you don't want to be stimulated all the time intellectually even intellectually but um the honest truth is guys like talking about um just what's in front of you for an intuitive can be very 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 boring so i think my brain's working now i think you guys might have noticed i had a bit of a brain spasm i've been having some brain spasms for the last couple of days but yeah so for me like just to kind of wrap it up i remember when i first started working like you know it wasn't exactly where i wanted to be but then i was thinking about the next step right and then when i got to the next stage i was like thinking about the next stage after that like i was never really able to fully appreciate and kind of absorb what I was experiencing in the moment. And 
you know, uh, the company I work for is going through some interesting times right now. I'm just like, you know what, let me just explore what's out there. And I was just looking at the jobs and what's being offered and, and in terms of salaries. And I was like, wow, I never realized how good I had it for such a long time. But again, this goes back to the whole being present because every, you know, and I know many people out there, they always think about, you know, into the future or what's going to happen next. And it's not to say that we're not happy or not having those moments of happiness, but I can understand like you don't need to live with that anxiety about the future. Like when you're single, you're thinking to yourself, well, maybe I should be in a relationship. And honestly, when you're in a relationship, you're then thinking, do I, I, do I need to get married? And when you get married, there's something like, and I'm being honest, some people, you know, marriage can be testing as can relationships. And then you think to yourself, do I want to be married? Do I want to um, be in a relationship? And even then, if everything's good, you think to yourself, okay, do I want kids? Or should we be preparing for kids? Like maybe more so for women as well, that anxiety exists in the back of their mind because they tend to worry more about the biological clock. But that's the thing I'm saying, like a lot of people, including myself, you know, you're always thinking about the next steps. And I've, I've met young people, younger people who at their age, I was never thinking about property, but given the circumstances of, of how things have kind of shaped up in the last couple of years, you've got people in their early 20s, like really young people, like worrying and kind of fixating on, on property rather than just like growing, finding themselves, experiencing the world and, and life around them. And I can see the level of anxiety around it. And I think the mindset there is, you know, we're worried about our futures. So we have to kind of really you know, work incredibly hard now and, and um, you know, focus on, on, on saving and, and whatnot so that we can get into the property market. Uh, but yeah, so, so I can definitely see how not worrying about the future kind of releases a lot of anxiety and allowing you to kind of just appreciate the moment. The other one I had written down was, um, where is it? Let's see. Okay, so it is, uh, don't try to change anyone, change how you deal with them. I think this is very true. Like I think in, in the past when I used to see certain people with bad habits or making very poor decisions or the trajectory of their life was going in a very bad direction, you know, I would go up to people and I'm like, no, but if you do this and, you know, guys, if you really focus on this and if you give up this habit and blah, 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 and you don't want to be angry because people don't like being around angry people. And, you know, and I'm like, or you try to kind of like appease, um, well, not even a piece because we're saying don't try to change anyone you know you're trying to tell people like you shouldn't be like this you shouldn't talk like this you, you shouldn't behave like this and the reality is that can be quite exhausting and taxing on on the individual and sometimes I, so I realize you just have to accept people as they are um, and it's not to say that people don't change they will based on whether or not they want to change themselves you can't change anyone that change has to come from within you can you know you can basically open their eyes to certain situations or, or perspectives or opinions, but you can't change them. But I agree with the statement, don't try to change anyone, change how you deal with them. And I think once you say, for example, if someone's very aggressive and very controlling, don't try to change them, but draw your boundaries with them. So change how you deal with them. Just be very clear with your boundaries. Just be very direct with people like that. Just go, look, I don't like the way you're talking to me please lower your tone, blah, blah, blah. Instead of saying like, you know, trying to convince them that 
being angry isn't the right way in life or being let's say if someone's very emotional trying to convince them that they need to thicken their skin is isn't going to achieve anything it's on, in their mind you might be dismissing them but um maybe change how you deal with them in the sense that there are certain conversations you can have with them and certain conversations you can't maybe you have to frame things in particular in a particular way um so that they can understand i guess they can understand it from their point of view um but the alternative is also to just walk away from certain situations or people that you don't like um, because trying to change them is just going to consume so much time and resources and that time can be better spent elsewhere um, and you might come across that you're giving up on certain people it's not it's like that's their feedback loop at some point those people if people are walking away from them or trying to distance themselves or trying to not engage with them let's say for example you know you're a person and you're always trying to reach out to friends and they kind of push back on you and they don't want or other people and they don't want to really catch up with you at some point you might realize there might be a personality flaw with yourself um, and people don't necessarily feel comfortable around you and you might not have that level of awareness but at some point rather than blaming the world and thinking you know people are the issue you might reflect on yourself and say wait maybe i'm the issue but trying to change that person in the moment and saying well look the reason why you have no friends is because blah 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 blah. i don't think that really achieves anything other than stressing yourself out wasting your time and you're most likely than not to offend the other person for me i remember a time when i was at work and we had this manager not my personal manager but as part of the wider group and he was a very interesting character he was a middle-aged man um who actually maybe older than middle age like he had grown kids who had grown up like they were probably close to their early or at the start of their 20s but this this man was a very angry man and in meetings he would and not even just meetings but generally he had a very hair trigger temper and when he would get angry or worked up over something like he would really like his voice would escalate he you know he was um an angler man so like when he would get angry he turned very red very quickly um and very very heated like he was super aggressive and very blunt and direct in his words and i remember one time i was acting in so this is my former job i was acting for my um ex-manager and so this 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 other this man the angry man um so my manager had updated this board but the date was wrong and i wasn't aware i was just representing him in in a in a tokenistic sense and then he just decided out of nowhere just to like pick on the whole date being wrong and um i think there was some other thing on the board that was like not necessarily correct but like he made such an issue out of it and he was just exploding and i was just standing there and like he was it was like just attacking me and like there was a lot i remember feeling in that moment and it was, this is in a room full of like you know four five six seven eight managers ex uh, i think the executive director or whatever and i'm just think i was standing there and i'm just like what the hell is like i think before even i judged him i was just like i was getting angry in the sense that you were embarrassing me in front of all these people who not necessarily I cared or respected for, but still the fact that you're embarrassing me, it's just like, and you're, you're, you're making a big deal out of like the most trivial issues. And the thing is, 
Now, I chose maybe not the best path at the time. I didn't know any better. But my reaction, the way I chose to essentially deal with the situation, um, I thought this man, because a lot of people feared him, needs to be changed. I thought somebody needs to put him in his place. And I'm not afraid to be that, that person. Now, I'm probably, I won't say like back then I was the most confident, but I would never want it, like I would never accept disrespect. Now, I wouldn't be that blunt person who would just, you know, in the room be like, hey, you, you know, shut the hell up, you know, who do you think you are? But more, it was more like, okay, we're going to deal with this, but outside of this room. And I just remember, like, I went and, um, you know, I basically made it clear to his team like I walked towards the section of his team and made it clear that you know speaking out loudly to my colleague how I felt about this man and the situation and again like I, I made it clear I said I'm going to crush him like the cockroach that he is out loud um, and yeah like uh, it's just it's, I wasn't looking at the time I I was just thinking to myself in that moment, like, I am going to report you to HR. We're going to sit. We're going to, like, you know, hash this out. And I am and I know that I'm better with my words than you are because you're just a very simple man that I can put you in your place. Um, and then, you know, like, it was just, it got very ugly, right? And he, he's a very petty man, like, in the sense that he'd already put a report to HR. <laughs> There's more to it, I guess, in terms of context. But... It's not something I was expecting, especially when you're on the receiving end of abuse. And, you know, when I even reported him to HR, I found out he had like a whole list of complaints against him and HR really hadn't done anything about him. And it just goes to show you like how toothless some divisions and entities are that, you know. But anyways, the lesson I guess that I learned like years later, especially learning more about this man, was that he had um, an issue with alcohol. He was an alcoholic um his children you know like there there was like there's just stuff there um you know he was on his third or fourth marriage like so you know like the signs are clearly there like in the sense that this is an unhinged person who is not a very good person but now see nowadays i look at people like that and this comes back to the point of change how you deal with them I think back, I'm like, why did I waste my energy, my emotions, getting worked up, getting angry, like getting, feeling this almost sense of like, I need to get him back. Like I look at him, like now I look at the situation, like, you know, in, and from a higher sense or higher self, I'm just like, this, this was a very wounded man. Like this is a very broken man. Like, you know, if anything now, like I look, I look at him and I have like almost pity in a sense which is just like you feel the need to hurt people yell scream and stuff because you're broken inside and maybe you don't feel heard maybe you don't feel seen maybe you feel insignificant and this this is how you feel significant so you know nowadays in a situation or in fact i had a very similar situation where i i and i think this was probably a test um with a person who was very similar in this regard and then, but this time I chose to just be very firm with my boundaries, which is just like, well, you know, if you're going to speak to me like this in a sense, like I'm not going to deal with you, you know, like I'm just not even going to waste energy. Like I'll be clear about what I don't like about your behavior. Like I'm not 
going to play like, uh, you know, um, go to HR, whatever. It's just like, hey, like, don't respect how you're treating me. Don't respect how you're speaking to me. In fact, what you even said about this person behind their back is unacceptable. Um, and then I just like, that's it. Like, um, and then you just detach and you just like, and that, I feel like, you know, once you've set your boundaries and you've, you've walked away, you've just sent a clear message. It's just like, I, I know my value and I'm not going to lower myself um, to your, to your vibration. Like you need to, so, and, and it's again, also a matter of like seeing, like I was able to see in that moment that maybe he has personal issues which explain why he is the way he is. And he has this like hair trigger tempo or control issues. So then, you know, like that's how I choose to see people like that now. And even individuals, you know, who, you know, like maybe they just um, a bit loud, can be a bit obnoxious. You kind of just start to understand, you know, it's not a matter of telling them, hey, like, you know, just can you can you be quiet? You just start to accept the fact that it's like maybe you just don't feel seen. Maybe you feel you need validation, attention because you're just a bit insecure inside. And then you're just like, okay, just, yeah, you just stop reacting to it. But I definitely think, um, it's important to, yeah, so that in the sense that you always have to understand that you can only control how you react to something. You cannot control that person, but you can control how you react to them and always take the higher path. Like don't ever lower yourself to somebody else's standard. And I'll just wrap it up again by saying like an example, don't try to change anyone, change how you deal with them. I, you know, I hear a lot of situations where specifically with women where they go, oh, my partner's very controlling and blah, blah, blah. And what a lot of them do is, you know, they try to change their partners. I don't know how they try to change them, but, um, you know, you hear that they're trying to change them in, in some capacity. And I, th I th again, think that's just such a waste of um, energy now because you can just change how you deal with them, which is rather than always capitulating and kind of, you know, caving in, or giving them so much power because a lot of people don't realize that we give others more power um, than they actually able to accumulate themselves. It's, it's it's only really what you give them, and then they they take it as, as as a form of control. But if you if you if you are with someone like let's say controlling, rather than trying to change them, just be more independent. Change how you deal with them. Stop relying them on. Um, stop relying on them so much. You know, go out with your friends. You know. Um, take yourself to the various locations that you need to go in order to get certain things done rather than always trying to go as a couple or whatever it is. Um, you know, and then I'm sure it's more complex than that, but that's just, I think a great way of um, thinking about this particular um, statement. Another one would be, um, Okay, so I've got down here. I'm just trying to find a relevant one. Oh, right, okay. So I was going to say um, this one is really good, but I don't know how much we can talk about it. But it's like everything. This is from Ricky and Morty. I'm not sure if I is it Ricky and Morty or Ricky and something. Ricky and Morty. Rick and Morty. I haven't actually watched Rick the show. Rick and, Rick and Morty. And they go. I think one of the characters goes to the other um, everything's like falling apart and it's like everything will be fine in the end and if it isn't 
it's not the end yet. And I, I, I feel like that's such a good statement again. Um, but before, because I'll let Eli start it off and then I'll add on to it. Yeah, sometimes um, it's easy to fall in a, like a nihilistic trap, which means essentially like a nihilistic perspective is something bad happens and you think that's it. Like this is the worst outcome. Everything is just going to keep falling apart. You know, like nothing is going to work out. And um, it's, a, it's a very dangerous and debilita debilitating way of thinking. Um, and I've, I've been guilty of it in the sense, you know, sometimes when, for example, like in the past, I remember like applying to multiple jobs. Like, you know, when you first graduate, you have this sense of idealism about the certain job that you want, a certain passion, um, maybe how you're... You, you want your life to be in terms of your hobbies, your friends, like I have no issues with my friends, but you know, like friendship groups or I don't know, like your family dynamics or, you know, it could be in many, many areas, athletically, physically. So the problem is sometimes like when one aspect doesn't work out, like so let's say, for example, you, you've set a goal for yourself to be, you know, physically fit. You can do X number of push-ups, or you, you know, you have a broad chest and, you know, like uh, well-defined like legs or whatever it is, like good core. And it's like, it's not working out. Like, let's say, you you know, you're, you're working on it. And it's like, it's been a month, two months, you know, six months, a year. And it's not working out. It's just like, you know, it's sometimes easy to get stuck in um, this sense. Like, am I ever going to be that vision of, you know, who I want, which is like a very athletic, a very physically fit individual. And then it's like your brain starts to go into this loop of just like, you know, it's not working out. It's just not working out. Everything you're doing is not working out. Um, and it sucks because it, it wants to put you, it's almost your brain's trying to put you in survival mode. It's just like, um, just don't even bother. Like, just don't, just don't even do anything. You know, like there's moments where it's just like, sure, just quit my gym membership, this, 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 that, whatever. Like, yeah, like for me, I guess more, more realistically, that like when I felt like this, feeling that things weren't going to work out is like so when my niece was born and um first niece so she um was born with albinism so it means she doesn't have any pigmentation in her skin now i didn't personally see see it as an issue when she was born i just ex i remember accepting it for what it is i'm like well this is just how it is you know what i mean like this isn't the end of the world it's interesting because maybe our mindset i'm sure maybe yourself too uh, my natural mindset is to gravitate towards optimism not actually pessimism like i i, I might ex maybe externally look like i have a cynical point of view which i don't think that's generally the case but i'm always deep down an optimist i always think things are going to work out um, which i think most people i've ex encountered are the opposite they will um they're actually deep down cynical and pessimistic, but they will put on a smile and pretend that everything is fine and stuff, but they're crumbling inside. Whereas for me, it's just like, I might look like sometimes, I'm, you know, on the outside, I'm just like, oh, like stressed out or just irritated or whatever, but I'm generally very optimistic internally. And I remember when my niece was born, I was just like, okay, like, you know, it's fine. Like, all I remember is my parents were really worked up about it and sad and, you know, like other, like, um, there was a lot going on and just like, their mood i just remember like and i was i remember being so physically sick that day like when she was born that my brother called me he's like come to the hospital i need your help like you know like help in the sense of managing um 
you know, like the people, my parents there. And I just remember like seeing this um, sense of like helplessness on their face and like almost like sense of sadness. Like there was no, I didn't feel any like in that moment, you know, you kind of turn to your parents for like leadership, direction, strength. And I just remember looking and I'm just like, they're looking at us. Like there's no one there to basically guide us through this time. And it's like you've had the experience of wisdom and um, years where you've gone through trials and tribulations and you've, you know, you, you would have been groomed over time. And I'm just, I remember looking at my brother, I'm like, we're literally like the ones here that we have to basically <coughs> lead. And like, you know, my brother and I try to do our best to like manage one tactically which is like the day-to-day -day affairs the, the you know th that aspect and then on top of that the the emotional human aspect which is trying to manage you know people you know upset crying and angry and this and resentful whatever like what was happening it was just so much i remember i remember like then coming back in my room for like the next several weeks being in such a state of despair because they were just the environment the people around us was so negative in terms of it's like they just couldn't see solutions whereas all you all i remember is like you and i deep down we were just and we we're pouring through solutions and reading content and trying to understand well what is albinism what are our options what are the solutions you know what I mean like you just go into that mindset but everyone was just like somber and sad and and it's just a heavy energy and i remember being in my room and just like tearing up and crying and just being like you know like excuse me guys but i'm like fucking hell it's just like 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 why why us like with these guys like I'm just the people around us they're not strong enough for to handle this you know what i mean like they're just they're very like we you know, almost like because you it's such a burden to carry guys like when you have other people who are just like they they collapse and it's like it's not that it's it's a burden like it's it's normal for humans to have emotions like up and down like that's fine but like you know when you have somebody that just keeps you weighted down like like you're you're deep down an optimistic person but they just they kill you with their cynicism you're just like as as an optimist deep down you're just like honestly sometimes you just want to yell at like fucking hell and it's like it wants to be it's like a deep roar of a yell and i just remember being in my room on my knees i'm like god like please like help us out like this you know, like we need, um, we need your intervention. We need your help. Like these guys are, um, you know, they're going to drag me down. They're anchoring me. Like they're just so, there's, it's, it's just so hard to get them to see the light, especially people who can't, don't have a future mind. Like you can't, they can't visualize the future, how things can work out once you put in the plan. It's the fucking hardest thing to do. And I say that because even in the job that I, like um, I used to work in, like, with individuals who are very black and mind like black and white their mind it's just like guys we just need to do these steps and this is this is where we're going to get in the future this is how it all work out but they're so fucking black and white and it's just like they just can't see except what's in front of them and it's just like it's the most distressing and stressful thing to a person who can actually visualize the future like when i say visualize this future i mean in the sense of you can connect the dots and see where this is all going to lead right and in the same sense, like with my niece, what was happening, I was like, okay, I, and I'm sure my brother was the same way. It's like, we need to do this. This, th These are all the things that we need to do. And this is how you mitigate the situation, which means you reduce like the possibilities of um, things 
going turning bad. You know what I mean, you have to accept what's happened, but then you can also control, like to a certain extent, not control, but you know, manage um, like potential um, issues down the line. And all I remember is, um, but there were nights I'm telling you that like I lost within the first two weeks of my niece being born just because of this the state of despair and somberness and the conditions around. I remember like being so stressed because I'm absorbing this stress. I lost. I'm pretty sure it was it was something insane, five or six kilos in one like it was either one or two weeks. And I remember like my pants slipping and me having to tighten my belt two notches at work. And I remember my executive director coming and looking at me because it, it reflects on energetically on you, also on your face. She's like, "Are you okay?" She's like, "You look just so sad and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, I am." Like, you know what I mean? And the honest truth is, I thought like at that time also like I'm like I fucking hate my job, and then like I'm dealing with like this stuff, and I just I honestly, this was maybe what four years ago. I have no idea anymore. So, yeah, it was four years ago. But all I remember is thinking, like, like, I'm like this is it. Like, this is where, I've, where I'm, like, this is my life. Like, I've done, I've done every, like, this is, this is my thinking back then, right? Like, I'm, I'm very grateful for the lessons. I'm very grateful for where I am today. Like, but I, you have to understand, this was my mindset back then when it was, I would say, less mature, right? And I was just like, I wasn't angry with God, but I was just like, God. Like I gave you, like I tried my best. Like I tried living as as best as I could to your standards. Now I wasn't like saying I was hitting the mark and everything, but like I tried. You know what I mean? Like I had, I I still have it. Like I have a pure heart. Like I don't try to hurt people. I don't try to harm people. Like I'm very like I, I was always in a sense. I always cared about making sure that others um, around me, especially. And you could say maybe perhaps it's a control thing, but I don't think so. I, I, I sense it deep down. It's a pure, like it's, a, it's, it's something pure within me. I just wanted them to be happy. I wanted them to be enjoying this, themselves, enjoying their lives and just not stressed out. And I was just like, I, I, and I've never like intentionally, and where I've actually accidentally like made a mean comment or hurt someone, I've always like reflected on it and it's always stuck with me so that it's a lesson that I never repeat again. And I was just like, it was, it was the, the truth is I was like almost angry with God. I was just like, I don't understand it. Like, I try so hard. Like, why do you like beat down on the person? Um, and that's just like my naivety in, in thinking. But I legitimately thought like, well, this is like, this is the almost I felt like rock bottom. You know what I mean? I thought like I was worried that, you know, because like these these stresses also like put impact like stresses on your family like i was thinking like you know like this family isn't gonna like hold like it's not gonna hold up you know what i mean like the the the, the lesson guys that i learned i think it's something important you need to carry especially if you're you're young and you're starting a family and i say this especially to the men out there is you are the rock of your family you in difficult situations right and i know it fucking sucks and it's hard and you're probably feeling the pain too and all of that stuff maybe even the fears and the stress but you need to be the fucking rock of the family so when shit goes down and people are looking for leadership you need to be the one that steps up and you know you've got to put your emotions in that moment aside you know what i mean and like just 
um, be the anchor like for everyone. And I know it's like it's almost paradoxical because I'm saying that's that was a weight that my brother and I felt that was very heavy on us. But the honest truth is that weight should have not really centered on us because we were still we weren't groomed enough by life. And you could argue that, well, that was life grooming. It's like, not really. It's not your time to be in that situation. There are are reasons why why people turn to elders because they have the the conditioning, ideally, you think, to have withered through the storm. And then when you haven't gone through it, but you can turn to leadership and say, well, like, how would you deal with this situation? Then you learn from them. But when you don't have a playbook and you're literally figuring it out as you go that's that's an incredibly difficult situation so i honestly implore every man out there just know that when you start a family like you need to be sure before you even start a family that you are essentially um you've gone through enough experiences in life right that you've been groomed enough to wither discomfort and it doesn't need to necessarily be like traumatic. It could be like, you know, you put yourselves in uncomfortable positions, whether it's having cold showers, whether it's, you know, exercising to the point of like, you know, your body is is not failing, but like, you know, you're really testing your limits because you're fatigued. Like you need to really push yourself so that you, you understand that you can handle discomfort or whether it's, you know, you're in a situation, say, where you're dealing with somebody who is a very difficult person, right? You need to be not running away from that situation in the moment. You need to be like, okay, let's do this. You know, like I'm going to stay in the situation. I'm going to express my needs. I'm going to express what I think. I'm not going to cower because you, and maybe that person will get violent with you. Maybe they'll yell at you, but you need to go through that so that the next time you deal with a person like that, you'll be like, well, this is how I dealt with this person. And this was the outcome. So it should be fine because now I, and you grow over time, but yeah, that's, that's a memory for me that kind of sticks just to add on to that so in the end again going back to the point everything did work itself out and you know my niece is beautiful she's thriving um she i mean her her looks make her look quite unique to be honest she doesn't look that different in any real sense she's just doesn't she looked matter. and it doesn't matter um but you know she turned out to be incredibly beautiful um, mashallah and um and you know she's just a great four-year-old and like I, I love it to bits and we both love it to bits and that's the thing like I was very similar to you in the mindset when I was in the hospital initially since we're using this example because my mindset was like okay it like you said like it is what it is that's how I saw it in the moment I was like it is what it is and then you look around you and you can see you think it is what it is or it's just like well, it's just why is it did you think it is what it is or it's just like this is just um like you don't even have to, like I, I remember personally not thinking like it is what it is I'm just like this is just life yeah exactly to be honest I, I didn't see it as a, a problem I didn't see it as a big deal like I, I was like okay so everyone looks different in life some of us have dark like I've got jet black hair you know um, if I was born in maybe you know once upon a time in Iceland before like you know you had migration and globalization I'd be like what the hell but we all have like platinum blonde hair and this guy looks so un, like so different to us, but that's just that's that's just evolution to the extent that you know people develop different characteristics and qualities, and you know biology it has its it has its own way of of, of um, going about things. I didn't see it as as anything meaningful or like terrible, um, 
but in the end i knew that everything will be fine and you know like the like you're always told of the the warnings and all this stuff and it's the same thing if I, if I can give another example a great one for me would be the hsc so the hsc is the highest school certificate um you know in year 12 in australia it what mark you get basically decides what university you end up in and i remember so many people would be stressed about it and those online calculators and everyone's calculating based on their subjects and their marks what they'll end up with the uai um or atar as it's known now and the funny thing is i remember one of my friends who was very like i guess super freaked out and concerned about his his final mark and he was trying to get into like sydney or uni sydney university or unsw into a particular degree might have been actuarial at the time um and then he was just saying oh based on the fact like he was doing all these calculations of saying to me you know you should lower your expectations um you know our school's ranking isn't that great we're going to be um dragged down blah 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 and he's like look at the calculator anyway i just looked i remember just saying to him i remember responding to him saying look all of that stuff means nothing to me I know it's going to work out. I know I'm going to I'm going to get into commerce law. I don't know how, right? Like I, everyone's going giving me all these weird details and everything like that. I'm like there is more to it than these these abstract calculations and assumptions and whatnot. And I feel like sometimes people in life get caught up in all this noise and sense of control, but also the noise, um, and they tend to be very pessimistic. I think that's what it comes back down to. Like inherently, you're right. I feel like a lot of people are very pessimistic. Um, but they project, but they project that false kind of yeah that they project that they're lighthearted and this false narrative of like I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed. but you can see that they're, they're, they're very stressed and they're the people that are overly anxious and like those are the people like you know they get out of rela a relationship and they jump into another relationship straight funky away branching. big funky branching that's right because god forbid should they be alone for a moment because they tend to catastrophize and be like no one's going to ever love me I'm nothing without whatever but you know I agree. So in the, in the end, for the HSC, we ended up getting really good marks. We all ended up getting in the courses that we wanted to get into. Everything just worked itself out. And I remember another example was when I, in my previous place of employment, things were a bit challenging. Again, the, we're going through difficult times. And I just turned around and said to the general manager, I'm like, don't worry. Like, I'm like, everything worked itself out in the end. And he looks back at me. He's like, Sam, I don't know how you can say that. He's like, that's such an easy statement to just say. And the fact of the matter is everything did work itself out but people we all tend to think we're more important than what we actually are we tend to kind of give more um emphasis or focus to certain situations that don't deserve this, the, that emphasis or focus that we think they do because back then they made it seem like the company was going to go under and it didn't and this general manager is still working where he's working um you know and they did take out a few other people they, they knocked out a fair few other people but in the end, he still had his job. Um, I still had my job back then as well. I just ch chose to move. And everything was still going, and everything right now to this day is still working quite nicely. And the company did go through a difficult period with um, interest rates um, going to nothing almost. They weathered that storm and they're doing well. But that's the thing, like it all comes down to mindset. And I agree with what Eli's saying. I love how some people project the idea that they're positive but they they actually aren't and they might look at someone like such as ourselves who are who are inherently optimistic and they're like you're just so naive or ignorant or they're like you're so like like you're not really um realistic, realistic or like i guess maybe they'll even see it maybe to some degree as a form of maturity they're like what do you mean how can you say that as such a like a a vague 
open-ended kind of meaningless thing to say but it's not it's because because it's just a matter of mindset you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy you know how you choose to look at things um and there's a lot of people out there unfortunately and that's why i actually used to get really i'm like you beyond that i used to get really worked up because other people's negativity or pessimism used to eat away at me inside and then you'll find yourself becoming negative or pessimistic but there'll be a point then when you just snap and you just like i just can't take this anymore because you realize how it's like a poison it's just seeped into you and you're like you know the world isn't that bad and everyone isn't out to get you and you know like this thing where everyone has a chip on their shoulder and um but they're trying to play it down and they're like no no i don't have a chip on my yeah you do you have a chip on your shoulder stop making a big deal about the coffee order that's not warm you know as if it comes out slightly off stop complaining about the food if it isn't exactly how you want it to be you know at the end of the day you're in a nice restaurant having some nice food like don't complain about you know the 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 people that you work with they don't realize your greatness at the end of the day you've got a job and you're doing well in your job relatively right so be happy like don't don't like some people literally just look for reasons to be unhappy and again that kind of nihilistic um worldview but again there are a lot of people that fake being positive and you can see it right through it i was just going to quickly say like when we came back from vietnam and people like you know how was vietnam blah 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 i'm like great it's a great country great people love them you know i mean so nice so like i'll see like you know like they they were almost like surprised like well I'm, I'm sure like you got hustled or ripped i'm like no i didn't think we got hustled and they're like yeah yeah sure sure as if like we're naive and we don't realize we didn't realize that we got hustled it's just like for me i remember like i, I don't even care to be honest but like my brain does think about things in the sense of just like i, tr- I think about pe- and trying to understand humans right how some people think and i was just like but i literally just told you we didn't get hustled like i know when i'm getting hustled like we might come across as um, overly optimistic and naive to people, but it's just like, but I would never put myself in a situation. And if I am getting hustled, like I know how to enjoy the process, the back and forth, and just to walk away. Like I'm, I never feel like I have to commit to 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 a transaction. You know what I mean? Like I remember like being in Vietnam, and I mean I'm joking around with the lady, like trying to negotiate some souvenir purchases for like you know back home, um, as gifts for people, and you know like. I know she's like put on a profit margin, you know, and it, it's a sizable one. And I've, I've negotiated down pretty hard. You know what I mean? Like I know my personality. I know how to manage money. Um, and I remember like an American couple passed by after I'd made the purchase and they were just like, I don't know how you did what, like how you um, are able just to be um, in that environment. Negotiate. They're like, well, I think the, the what they said was, I don't know how you do what you did or something like that. I don't know how you did what you did. I can never do that. Like basically, I think that she was insinuating like she would just capitulate straight away, and I, I literally sat like was standing with the lady, and I'm just like casually like just take like I didn't even care. I was just I was genuinely having fun for like maybe twenty minutes, just bargaining with her in in the like their version of a bazaar, and I was just like this is not stressful for me, and I don't think I got hustled. Like I'm sure she made a profit at the end of the day. This is a business person. Like you can't be that like honestly. Um, obtuse and think you know everyone's out to hustle you and no one can make a profit it's like at the end of the day people need to make a living you know what i mean and if you're a good business owner you might know how to charm a person you might know how to sell your product well enough that you'll get a higher margin that's just the nature of business 
And at the end of the day, everybody has a price point. So what, what I'm willing to pay may be very different to what another person is willing to pay. And that's what really determines the value of a good. It's however much you're willing to pay for it versus the next person. So it's all a matter of perspective. But like this idea with that moment, I can't remember even exactly who said it. But all I remember, like it was, it was said, it's just like, yeah, yeah, like almost like scuffed. Like I'm sure you like, you know, you got hustled. It's just like, you weren't there. You don't know anything. You know what I mean? And it's just like, why is this perception that, you know, you, you know you're a foreigner, whatever, you're going to just get hustled? Like, if you're if you've done the research if you understand um human psychology if you understand how people operate if you understand that you know just being genuine with a person like you know it was interesting that person that i had negotiated in, in vietnam for the goods the bazaar like i'm telling you like she genuinely i saw me that was just having fun and i was like you know just enjoying the process and everything she in the end gave me like two free items she's like no she's like i, I actually like you a lot blah 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 blah. because like i i i was telling her like i know you have a profit like i know this and i i, I was negotiating hard like i know she at least made 15 or 30 percent profit and i'm I totally accept like fine with that um but you know she she's generally sensed that i was just dead have, she's just like you yeah, have this and then have that you know and i was just like that's it like that's i i felt i i mean i didn't feel bad about myself i didn't feel i'm just like thank you like you know i appreciate those i didn't expect it i didn't want it but it doesn't necessarily mean you got hustled like but then you see other people you know what i mean like walking around like holding their cash and it's like no you know when somebody approaches them hey you like come it's like no you know no like and i'm sure like they're going through the the market and they're sweating and they're like in their head perhaps it's just like they're about to hustle we say no like they're about to do this and so it's just like guys like just enjoy it chill like no one's forcing you to buy anything you can literally just you know browse around have a look and be like you know like i don't really want it you know what i mean or i'm not interested and as soon as you walk away they're going to drop the price by like 50 percent, guys like um but like yeah i even remember like being in morocco and like (laughs) we went to like what i thought was a non-for-profit women's um uh like it was it was a government-run enterprise and everything so i i was more than happy to support the the people there but like i remember like you know like was it was there a premium on the price yeah 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 but um like i just remember some of my friends were just so rigid and like to be honest i was just enjoying the experience and for them it's just like we're getting hustled we're getting hustled we're getting hustled we're getting hustled it's guys like guys just relax buy the mandrake <laughs> like it's it's just the experience it's a couple of dollars if you you know you lose a couple of dollars but it's just a memory it's a story like it's like even if you know sometimes you're being hustled sometimes i'm telling you there's just a little bit of a sense of enjoyment about it you know what i mean because like they know that you know you know what i mean and you just you're just doing this little dance between each other um but yeah, like I think sometimes it's funny. It's funny, Sam, because sometimes people say that we come across as uh, as rigid, and I I genuinely, genuinely believe it's a projection, because what I've realized is a lot of the people in society are the ones that are rigid in the sense that like everything, like they have this fear of everything. You know, what I mean, fear that they're gonna get hustled, fear that um, you know, like uh. They're going to get left behind, you know, like they have to be part of the clique. They have to dress the same. They have to do the hair the same. They have to do club. They have to club. They have to. It's like, that's actually rigidity because you're not being yourself, you know, 
like rigidity uh, like being authentically yourself that's actually a person who is very relaxed and at ease because it's just like i don't really give a shit if i want to sing i'm going to sing if i want to dance i'm going to dance if i want to um express a point of view uh, my my mind i put an opinion on instagram which most people may not agree with that's fine rigidity is actually when you try to control every aspect it's like i can't put this post because what if i don't get enough likes or what if somebody gets offended or what it's like all these all these if i don't say something that's popular or if i what if i'm different what if people ostracize me because I'm different? It's like, guys, like that's actually the definition of rigidity. And in, at least from my personal perspective, like that's boring. That's boring because all you're doing is a cookie cutter approach. Just copy and paste, copy and paste, copy. All you are now is just sheeps and clones. Like what's so interesting about you? Like what makes you any more different to the person next to you? Nothing. You don't even have an opinion. You know what I mean? Like people with original opinions, or even if it's not original, but it's an opinion that's been built on or thought about, you know, like that's that's actually the real um, thrill in life, you know? And that's a, that's a person who isn't rigid. Um, it's just very interesting. It's very interesting. And I want to make a point, but I'll give you an uh, opportunity. Well, I don't know what your point was, but um, as in what, what the point you're going to make, but I was going to say, like, I agree with what you're saying. I, I know we're kind of taking a bit of a segue, but I just find it so funny. Like, again, what you were saying. Um, so when you travel, this is what I was saying, even to my wife. And to be fair, she's very, very much like like me. And um, she's a very good traveler. I was saying to her, you know, like, I, even when we were negotiating, I was like, you know, I don't mind paying an extra 15, 20%, maybe 30%. Because at the end of the day, the prices here are far less than our own country. And, you know they also realize on the other hand the the locals that you know the prices in our country are higher and we realize the prices in their country are lower so we want to pay less and they want us to pay slightly more so you just meet in the middle at the end of the day you're still getting a good deal right but some people like you said they have this rigidity about them particularly like we, 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 i guess like you were saying we, you, when you watch the other foreigners they have this mindset like god i'm not going to be ripped i don't want to be ripped off how dare they try to charge me an extra 15 or 20 percent it's like but you're literally paying an extra dollar mm. you're paying an extra dollar you're more than happy to get ripped off paying so much money for a branded item like a Gucci or Versace or whatever. What's that new one that they, they, everyone keeps talking about? Balenciaga. Yeah, it's like you're paying probably 60, 70 times the original value based on like the actual fabric and, and labor because of marketing for an item. So you're getting ripped off blatantly right buying your ms tie or going to waiting for the end of the year to buy your you know your spe, you know these these branded items on special but you still even though it's giving they give me a 50 percent discount or paying seven ten dollars for those for drinks yeah you're paying seven or ten to twelve dollars for for drinks in any anyway you're still getting ripped off but you have like again but because you're overseas and you're like, but I want to pay what the local pays. No, no, you don't have to pay what the local pays. It's okay if you pay an extra 15, 20% because you're still getting bugged, but also enjoy the moment. When you're in that market, just walk in, try and enjoy it rather than holding on to this frame of mind that someone's out to get me. They're going to cheat me. They're going to steal from me. They're going to, like, then you'd lose the, the experience. Yeah, yeah. Just turn on the meter. The, yeah, taxi driver, like, if, like you know, like, the, you they don't turn on the meter. Just say, like, hey, turn on the meter. Or I'm going to get out. Or I want to get Yeah, or just get out. But you, I, I agree. It's funny how some people look at the world and they're like, this is rigid. This isn't rigid. Um, but what was your last point? And then we'll move on to the next one. Oh, that's tough. Um, you said you, you had to pay 
it was unrelated to the topic that's why i wanted to like go back to it. it's just about some observations i noticed going like traveling and stuff and anyways i completely forgot okay so the next one i guess it kind of ties into what we're saying the world changes by your example not by your opinion i thought that was a really good um quote i used to be of the mindset that um okay you know because i i would admit i'm a very opinionated person um i'm I'm sure you might think to yourself, you're an opinionated person. I know my wife is also... An no, no, like we have opinions. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying... So my opinion in life is like, okay, say for example, I'll be like, guys, you know, put put religion aside for a second. Like, dr- like drugs is bad for you. Drinking is bad for you, right? Um, and then you're like, you know, it's just not good for your health. And you see people struggling with their health and you see people struggling with their mental health as well. And they've got all these issues and you know you're trying to say to them like hey just if you don't do this and, and you know if, if you just eat healthy and you stay away from this stuff and you're trying to convince them um that somehow that the world's going to change like i remember saying to eli two days ago um this thing came up on my feed this video by this um i guess we'll call them they are a scientist and he was just talking about three separate studies that came out in different countries that showed very clear indications that alcohol consumption leads to seven different types seven different types of cancers and you know naturally you know i wanted to share this on on my feed on be it instagram or facebook but I, I know some people might get really offended or worked up and i was like i'm not saying it because i want people to be like me i'm just saying like hey look you know like this this is you know science and these are um studies very clearly showing that alcohol causes cancer, um, but at the end of the day, I, I I didn't I didn't share it. Even though, in my opinion, again going back, my opinion, I'm like, but like, why do people? And this is this is how my brain works. It's like people have this strong aversion now to smoking and cigarettes, and they like, yes, smoking causes cancer. It's been proven. It's been established. Smoking is bad. Okay, accepted, right? But when it comes to alcohol, and then the studies come out. Like people cannot shift that their mindset. It's just so ingrained in society that they're willing to do mental gymnastics and backflips and whatever they can to hold on to the idea. No, it's not. It's not that bad because if you drink in moderation, it's fine. And I was like, my mind, but I'm like, but based on that same um, line of thinking. So you're saying everything in moderation is fine. So you're saying to someone who's a smoker, if you smoke in moderation, it's okay. Someone who takes drugs, but if you take drugs in moderation, it's okay. Someone who's an adulterer. But look, if you, it's not as long as you don't cheat too much, you know, it's okay. And that, that's, that's the thing. Like, I have these opinions. But then, again, the quote being, the world changes by your example. You know what? I don't have to tell people, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that, you know, don't gamble, don't cheat, you know, don't, you know, steal and lie. I, the only thing I can really do, and I've tried to change people's opinion, opinions in the past, be about politics be about be about religion and honestly it's 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 it, there isn't any real value to it in the sense that people a lot of people come in with very fixed mindsets or they have a particular bias already and it's very hard and particularly like say for example if i say alcohol is bad they're going to be their natural um kind of fallback is of course you're going to say that because you don't drink so they, they're just going to think like i have some sort of agenda behind it as, as though you not drinking benefits me in some capacity i'm like you can continue to waste your money you can continue to deteriorate your mental health to ruin your liver to give yourself seven different types of cancers it doesn't change my life at all if anything like 
me, me drinking makes my life better and you guys if, if you decide to drink it's, it's you're only harming yourself um but the world changes by your example and i i, I thought a great example was that of that was um khabib who's a ufc fighter you know he doesn't go around preaching and i keep seeing constantly on my my very social media feeds all all these um ufc fighters and athletes that are converting or purely because of khabib and his his character and his discipline to his religion and the um you know the way he conducts himself and, and conducts himself and holds himself and how he's such a successful fighter and athlete because of his you know he kind of disciplines himself and he can he's able to kind of control um you know his lower self He's not relying on cheap dopamine hits. He's not relying on, again, smoking, drinking, partying, whatever it is. This is a man that's almost so centered and um, put together that his character alone has literally influenced so many people to kind of elevate themselves. And not just people who aren't like Muslims. There are a lot of Muslims that don't follow their, their religion. And I see people, which is interesting, that I, that I know... That are constantly like sharing his his feeds or trying to emulate and behave like him even though inherently they they're not on the same level but they're trying to kind of realign themselves because they're like i want to be like khabib right and this isn't a man who literally he didn't go around telling like conor mcgregor don't drink conor you're a moron you know you're going to ruin your life you're going to cause all these problems for yourself he just said to conor i don't drink you know i don't touch that stuff like that and and you know at the end of the day like Connor was mocking him, disrespecting him, but he didn't he didn't bring himself down to disrespect um, to disrespect Conor McGregor or say anything offensive about his wife or anything like that, which Conor McGregor did. He just you know he stayed quiet. He's like I'm going to carry myself in the best way possible, and I want people to understand and realize this is you know this is this is like again leading by example. This is how a person should behave, um, rather than telling people how. Um, and and eventually, like you know, he he came round um, to some to some extent. But um, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, I think like instead of using an example, because you you used a good example. I, what I've noticed in life is when you try to lead by example and not by words. Maybe you were trying to lead by words more than I was also throughout life. Like, um, but I do find that sometimes your example might be very triggering or the way you choose to live your life might be very triggering to other people right because essentially you start to the way you choose to live or conduct yourself or how you interact or engage or whatever might be a, a um, something internally that that person knows that that's how they should behave or that's the highest form and so basically you shine a light on that darkness and and then they get triggered and then they basically start to dismiss you or talk you down to kind of invalidate who you are because to the insecure person, um, I think it's almost just like, I'm going to say that I don't like these aspects about you, right? Because essentially it's they're intimidated, right? You're intimidated by the fact that you need to... Um, put yourself in a position where you need to grow as an individual so that um, you know you can behave or conduct yourself or act in the highest form. But 
to I guess to some people it's like that requires effort that requires changing who we are that requires getting outside of our comfort zone or maybe or maybe that requires us to be a genuine person and I'm just gonna I feel more comfortable putting on a mask and pretending that I am a nice person you know I am a good person but deep down you know um, that you're just playing uh, putting on a mask like I use this example because um, like I try to conduct myself in life guys in a very authentic way you know what I mean so I know there are instances um, where like I know that can be very triggering um, to an to a certain individual and I think to myself I'm like but why are you getting triggered by me or by that person when we're just being who we are and it's just like what you start to realize and especially through like research and understanding and just observation human observation it's like the person in front of you is putting on their mask is putting on a mask so they basically um, have a mindset where um, I will, for example, give people ice cream because then they're going to see me as a nice person and they're going to see me as we're friends or I'm this um, really, um, I guess maybe for them, like, you know, I am a generous person or whatever it is or the next minute they might do something silly in front of other people thinking like to show them, hey, I'm a funny person. You know what I mean? But like as a person who's trying to live from their authentic core, like you sit there and you just like, you just stare because almost it's like, you, it's like a third eye, guys. Like you sit there and you're just like, what is this person doing? Like you're making yourself into a clown and it's like to, to, to the observer, it's just like your intention, it's, it's almost feels transactional. Like you are trying to solicit a response from the people around you by behaving a certain way because you think that's going to make you more attractive or more funnier or whatever it is. And then, so essentially these, these type of people will start to get triggered by your example because maybe you just act as who you are in a setting and you're just like, I just want to laugh. I just want to like sing a song. I just want to play on the radio, you know, like a, a certain song in front of everyone, whatever it is. And I think, and then like they see the fact that it's, it's, when you're genuine, there's generally a strong, especially if you're living, especially if you're around other people who respond to that kind of energy, you know, they'll be like, they'll be more engaged in who you are, right? And so for the other person who's living inauthentically, it's triggering for them because they're just like, how are they doing it? How, how can they just be who they are? And, and essentially they're just getting, um, essentially that, you know, they're having that level of engagement with people it's like for them, it's just like, but I have to put on this mask. I have to do this and this, 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 this. And this person just comes in and just, you know, says this or does that. And like, it just works out for them. And for me, it's like, it's a very interesting observation because you're just like, well, why can't you just be who you are? Like, why do you feel that who you are isn't good enough? Like, like, honestly, I see this, there's beauty and value in everyone. And it's not a very cliche statement at all. I feel like I look at a person and I can see in every individual, it doesn't have to be the same, but I can see where your value is. Like there's, whether it's your smile or whether it's how you think, or whether it's how, um, how you listen to somebody or, you know, how you bring interesting information or how you laugh or like, there's always an aspect. You don't have to be the full package, but there's something that you bring and that's, that makes you, um, you. So it's just very interesting. Um, that like, so when you live by your example, by your authenticity, how that can be a very triggering aspect to other people. Because again, I think it makes them realize that I'm also like that person, I'm living inauthentically. And how, how is it that you can just do this and you know what I mean? Like get what you want essentially. 
um, because for them, when you're living in a state where it's it's almost like I have to put on a mask and manipulate to get a certain reaction or outcome, like that requires a lot of energy, and that's exhausting. <laughs> like, not to say like I've never done it. Like I've I in in the situations where I've acted from a position of inauthenticity, right, where I'm not leading by my that like the right example, I I would always feel internally. I'm just like this imposter syndrome, right? And this is why imposter syndrome maybe is a is a very dominant or common issue, especially in society today. Because what's the saying, guys? Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. You know, like that's how you make it in your career or in life. It's like fake confidence, fake, you know, um, uh, you know that you understand something really well. And it's just like, uh, oh God, I had such a good point about this. But it's like, it's, it's so... Um, it's so inauthentic. Yeah, you, you become... Oh, yeah. So the point was like, I like, yeah, when I used to try to think, okay, maybe that's how I'm supposed to be. Like, that's what society is saying. Like, you know, you got to fake it, you know, fake your confidence. And you'd always get imposter syndrome. I'd always feel like, but I fucking... Like, I don't feel who... Like, I am who I am. Like, I'm in this job. I'm trying to pretend that I'm like this analyst. And I'm like, I don't... I'm not a fucking good analyst. You know what I mean? Like, there are analysts, people out there who enjoy data more than I do. Like, why am I in this fucking role? You know what I mean? And I'm trying to fake it and pretend like I know what I'm talking about and stuff. It's just like, I'm misplaced. This isn't the right place for me. Like, you know, I I, I think at a higher level than, than at a granular level. But this is what I'm saying. Like, when you start faking it, then you find yourself in positions where you're just like, like this isn't me. Like, this doesn't feel right. This, you get imposter syndrome and it's a, it, it affects your mental health. And that's why I'm saying like, um, if, if, yeah like just live from a place of authenticity don't listen to society who says you know like and that's why like you have a lot of people that you know they follow celebrities and all this stuff these are the worst examples you can follow guys because the, to a large extent most celebrities are fake you know what i mean um and you just have to watch reality shows like the kardashians and whatever like you know kim doesn't even have kardashian doesn't even have a personality you know, like there's, there's nothing there at her, at her core level and she doesn't live by any like, you know, solid values. Um, I mean, you know, you can say she has a humanitarian side to her, which I wish she nurtured more um, and promoted um, because that's that's definitely like a, a good real side to her. But like this whole, I don't even know the details. I don't watch enough of that. So I'm not going to comment on it. But yeah, um, be careful of the, <clears throat> excuse me, be careful of the, the fake gurus. The other one is like, I see a lot of Gen Zers who is this young generation who they fake, especially the guys, they fake this confidence. Like it's like, it's almost, you can read it on them. It's just like, if I just puff my chest out, if I swing my arms, if I, um, you know, like act all coy and like mysterious or, you know, like nonchalant, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Whatever, you know, or like just strut around the, the mall or something it's like this is this is confidence it's just like guys like it if 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 a, if a person is like um self-aware enough like you reek of insecurity you know what i mean like why can't you just relax your shoulders why can't you just be who you are you know what i mean like why is it you feel you need to draw a lot of attention play with your hair like exactly 20 times why do you feel you need to put on so much jewelry? And like, honestly, this is another conversation, but like you're falling into your feminine, like an overly feminine frame. Like sometimes it's hard to even understand. It's just like, 
well like you know the the beauty of a, the feminine energy is that they you know they invest in their looks and the you know they put on their makeup and you know they have like these are these very feminine aspects and all of a sudden like you know you you're putting on your mother's pearls and you're putting on like makeup and you're doing your hair and like and there's nothing wrong with doing it at, at, at a, like a moderate level but like it's it's to take into such an extreme like one guy the gym told me like he got all his legs he had his legs the, the hair on his legs lasered and i know that's an expensive thing and i know like it's it's a very long process and this is a young person like and he's, he's 20 so I, I don't understand like you you put your money like why and he told me he regretted it and stuff but anyways it's a, it's a, i thought that's a very feminine um action like to you know to get your legs lasered like why why do you feel the need and then so where i'm leaning with this is then they feel the need to overcompensate for that feminineness or femininity by because they lack the masculine polarity it's like i will put on a fake confidence and this will draw the feminine attention but it's just like but it's not real you know yeah i i agree all the silently stoic types it's like look you have nothing to say. You're basically as exciting as a potato. Don't try to be mysterious. Because <laughs> there's nothing profound there. There isn't anything profound. Genuinely, people who have profound things to say will say, I do genuinely think that. But if you're very, there is that level of insecurity where they're like, hmm, maybe I'm not going to say something that's very popular or well received. So I'm just going to stay quiet. I'm not saying every, some people just overshare every opinion they have, which is too much as well. And some people just don't have any opinions. And some people just don't have any opinions. But, but um, yeah, I think, again, now moving on to the next one, I think I'll end it on this one. I really like this one. Um, we mature with the damage, not with the years. And I, because I used to think, yeah, similar to other people, like, yeah, maturity is, an, is, could, is somewhat age-related, right? As you get older, naturally you mature. But then having gotten to the age of 32 and, you know, mingled with a lot of different people of different ages and seen people that are in their 50s who are incredibly immature with very immature mindsets and, you know, other people in different age brackets. And I've seen people who are so young in, in their early 20s with very mature mindsets, you know, and they carry and conduct themselves in a very, you know, respectable, honest kind of um it's just they, 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 they hold themselves really well. And I'm like, but these people are very young in their early 20s. And there are people in their late 50s who behave like toddlers. Mm. And they chuck tantrums and, you know, they chuck a, a fit if they don't get what they want. And I'm like, but wait a second, aren't older people supposed to be mature? Mm. Aren't they supposed to have that level of like kind of where they're more grounded? And that's why I, found, I wrote down this statement. I was like, yeah, actually, that makes sense. We mature with the damage, not with the years. The truth is, the more you put yourself out there in life, the more you put yourself out there to kind of challenges and experiences and meeting different people and, you know, you know, losing money, having your heart broken, um, you know, losing your job, whatever it is, or business not going well, all that damage really does build your maturity and character because you have these epiphanies and realizations, particularly if you choose to take a lesson out of it. Not everyone that goes through a challenging point in, or challenging not everyone that goes through a challenging experience necessarily you know learns from that a lot of people you know play the victim why whoa whoa why is me why me um i deserved better blah blah and then you end up kind of going to that narcissistic or, or childlike mindset but um maturity does come with damage and that's the truth and there are people out there who are very much insulated protected by you know um 
let's say their family they happen to grow up in a very wealthy family or in the right suburbs with the right surname or go to the right schools and and you know they end up getting jobs very easily purely because of the network of their parents and all of this stuff and these aren't necessarily people who, who who will be mature or are mature because they've never really dealt with adversity and a lot of the the, the people with wisdom and the people that have really profound things to say are the ones that have gone through incredibly harsh and difficult challenges in, in, in life and you just sit there and you just you're in awe of these people it's not the guy whose parents sent him to this elite private school and then they basically spoke to their network of friends and got them a job and you know like they happen to be in, in particular social circles and then you know relationships just came about like like these are the people like one single thing goes wrong in their life they completely fall apart and they're on the bandwagon of like you know trying to i guess heal themselves through drugs or going to south america and going on some retreat for ashwagandha whatever it is ayahuasca and all that thing thinking to themselves yep now i've I've solved my problems Um, these aren't people able to handle stress really well these aren't people who are able like you know, if a relationship isn't working out, they're, they're like, well, my partner didn't say I, I, they loved me. Like, my, par- my I grew up, my parents said they loved me all the time, right? So I'm used to people saying they love me. So if their, parent, their partner didn't say I love you, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I cheated on you. That was, but I, that I wasn't in the right headspace, right? Because I'm not, and actually, I'm going to give an example. I won't give the details, just, just to give an example. I, I don't know. I had one person who's a, who, who I knew, who I know, and... Um, their partner cheated on them and they explained to me that the reason their partner gave to them for why they cheated on them was oh, you know, I've I've just never been with one woman before you know, I was always like, you know, in different relationships and so when I settled down it was just so difficult for me to adjust and accept, you know and to be fair, like she accepted it as, as as an explanation, I just thought that's complete utter bullshit, I was like maybe this person was a person who had too much attention in their life or you know i don't know maybe maybe, i i I just don't know exactly what the reasoning is behind it but for a person to say i'm just not used to being with one person and then the other person accepting it as like i i don't i don't understand like is this person being serious like have you never like had to kind of commit to one thing in your life or really like value loyalty in, in any real sense like how did how did you grow up or what were your experiences like in life like I, I'm, I'm trying to get into a bit more depth but I'm trying to hold myself back because I can be quite um, judgmental but I'll pass on the mic the truth is and I saw this on, on TikTok like she was an expert some lady she was just saying look if you're actually genuinely in love with a person then that's it that person is like not sufficient but it fulfills you so you don't need to look at other people you don't need to cheat you don't need like you don't have those desires but the honest truth is it comes from a place of emotional immaturity right a person who has not um developed um in terms of but it's 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 an attention thing but it's 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 an individual who um is it's an individual who uh it's not that it never had somebody say no to them. It's just it's just a lack of complete maturity. Like it, it could be so many reasons. That's why it's hard to pinpoint. But like from from the from the other end, like that person needs to have seen it from the sense of oh, well, like I should be just enough for you. Like if this is true and genuine love, 
Why are you looking at other people? Why do you feel you need to get your needs met outside of this relationship, right? So it's, it's more of a reflection on that person's character and maturity um, than anything else, right? Um, so I wanted to disagree with you on the point about you were saying if you grow up in an environment where your family is like always expressing love to you and it's giving you that like attention and affection or whatever. Okay, overly coddled is one thing, but like I actually think that if you grow up in an environment where that love is expressed to you in a healthy way, where you know it actually teaches you um, what to expect and to keep your standards high. Whereas if you grow up in a family where it's not given to you a lot, so when you even just get a little bit of it, you think it's something big, right? That's where the danger is. You actually to 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 um, so that's that's so that's why I don't agree like. When you are not fed love on a silver spoon, you learn to lick it off knives. Exactly. So that's exactly the point. That's why I don't agree with like the way initially it sounded what you were saying because you want to be in an environment where there's a healthy expression of love so you understand what to look for um, and what like you need to have that love modeled to you in that way so you can keep your standards high and not ex like you said, not lick it off knives, like ex basically accept the bare minimum even in the case of um, that situation where the guy's cheating like you know that person accepting that individual who's a, like again a cheater um, because that's just they're willing to accept the bare minimum of love like true love means that and love is something that again it's it's something you grow over time it's not a spark right like again if, if you if if your understanding of love is I feel this this butterflies in my stomach from what I understand from the research and literature that um, spark or that butterfly feeling or whatever that's actually your body's warning system saying anxiety like be careful like that's your internal guidance system saying this isn't a good idea this is something that's familiar maybe that was the model of love that was basically um, oh we've got the doorbell let me just um, I'm just gonna put pause for a second okay guys it was just Amani at the door so um, yeah, I guess so to the point about you need to go through uh, the damage to really essentially mature as an individual. And I think that like for me, the best example is um, like to bring it back to like sports, for example, um, you know, you need to be willing to take the hits, uh, for example, in, in boxing so that you understand how to navigate um, that that environment that uh that scene so like at the start before like i began boxing like there was a level of apprehension um from my end in terms of like i didn't want to get hit i didn't want to like you know sustain an injury but then you start to realize like well when you take the hits it actually trains you to be like on guard and how to react better because you don't want to put you put in that situation again so it's not that you want to control your environment to the extent it's like i need to do everything in my power possible to avoid taking the hits it's in fact the opposite you need to make like have the failures you need to be injured you need to you know get get whoop on, on the face um you know bruise your ribs etc so you understand how to get better how to get stronger and it's all conditioning at the end of the day so yeah i mean that's that's my personal uh perspective like i, I definitely agree and resonate with that quote although i would say like historically I probably couldn't see it from that point of view. It's more maybe I had more sense of like, why does one need to go through the pain, the suffering, in order to 
um, have that level of uh, wisdom and advice. I can't still pronounce the word wisdom. Um, I, 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 I used to think, I guess, the notion that what if I could just read it from a book? What if I could just learn it from a mentor? You know, it's, it would save me the, the, like the trouble and the time. And I think the difference is when I think about it now is like the mentor isn't there to like put a block from that experience, which is to kind of so that you skip a step. It's more so that when you are in that position, they can kind of guide you in terms of how to navigate the environment. So if it's, if it's, like if you think of an analogy, if you're on a boat and the sea is rocky and it's your, you know, you only have a limited experience in terms of navigating the ocean. It's not the idea that, and your passion is, for example, sailing or to become, you know, like a sea fairy captain, or I don't know what the word, like sea ferryman or whatever. But it's not to avoid having that adventure or to avoid this, like the situation in its entirety. It's more about um, having the right mentor who can tell you, you know, like, you know, put your sails half mast and then you know navigate the corner this way or whatever it is it's to have that person navigate you through the rough seas so yeah i would say um that's my overall perspective on on that quote so i think we've hit an hour and a half or maybe slightly more but this was really good i actually enjoyed doing this we could do this again next time because i've got a long list and i'm still adding on to it um but i really enjoyed this discussion so We'll see you next time, guys. I know uh, we might actually have the podcast up earlier this Friday instead of Sunday. Um, and I'm sure there's a few of you out there who are eagerly waiting to um, to listen to what we have to say. Now, I'm going to try and also promote our podcast better, like just like sound bites and snippets and all that. Um, haven't really put much effort in actually promoting it. We didn't really have the goal of trying to make it widespread, but I would like to get more our message out there more or our, our not even our message our learnings and our, our insights all right so this has been two twins and a mic we'll see you next time